The vast majority of us both want and need a strong professional network to support our career and leadership success, but a lot of us just don't know where to start. On this episode, I welcome former White House speechwriter John Kokorin to teach us how to grow our network. This is Coaching for Leaders, Episode 106. Produced by Innovate Learning, Maximizing Human Potential. Greetings from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And one thing that we all need as leaders is to have a network that supports our development, helps us to continue to grow our career, and also is a way for us to give back to the world and to impact and influence the lives of others in a positive way. And if that's something that you struggle with like I do, then this is the episode for you because I'm really excited to have on a guest who knows a lot about this. John Kikorin used to work in the White House. He has leveraged his skills of networking and developing relationships with people effectively in order to do some great things in his career, which you'll hear about. And he also has a ebook out that you can download, which we'll talk about in this episode as well. Uh, he's also a member of the Coaching for Leaders community, has been listening to this podcast for a couple of months, and we res- recently got talking and I'm so glad to be able to bring this episode to you. So here's my conversation with John. I'm really excited to welcome my guest this week, John Corcoran. John is a former uh, writer and speech writer in the White House. He worked for President Clinton and has worked in Hollywood and Silicon Valley, and he is now a, a small business and entrepreneurial lawyer uh, helps small businesses and folks who are starting businesses to really get uh, you know savvy in their legal decisions. Uh, but he also has a fantastic skill set around helping people to network. And in fact, that's one of the reasons that he got hired by the White House and has had a fabulous career of doing some great things, not only in the business world, with, but politically. And he's recently put out a book, How to Create Your Personal Networking Plan. And John and I got connected because he's actually been a member of the Coaching for Leaders community for a while. And we just got connected in the last week or two. And I was really impressed with his book. And uh, we decided to have him come on the show and share some of his wisdom with us. John, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. Thank you, Dave. It's really a pleasure to be here. Well, hey, I'm really excited to have you. And I, I, I don't think I probably did you justice here on the interview. Um, I'd really like to hear a little bit more about your background before we jump into the uh, to talking about networking, because you just have a really fascinating background. I mean, tell us, how'd you, how'd you end up getting to work at the White House? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of a, an unusual background, I guess, from uh, working in politics to now my current role as an attorney and working with entrepreneurs and, and small business owners. But, you know, basically it was one of those things, uh, I look back on it now. So um, I, I did an internship in, in the White House internship program during the Clinton administration. It was actually the fall of 1997, which was before White House intern had kind of a uh, derogatory uh, connotation, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was there in the fall of 97. I ended up going back to college. The whole Lewinsky scandal broke after I was back in college, finished up school, 
And, um, you know, I, I had this idea of I wanted to go back and work in, in the White House, but, you know, there, there are, I, I think, maybe a thousand people that do internships during the year, and very few of them actually get jobs afterwards. So it took a lot of effort of keeping in touch with speechwriters and people who work there and people in D.C., and eventually I found out about a job there and ended up applying and, and getting a job there. So that's where I started off my career. I was 23 years old working in the White House, um, writing the president's words, which was pretty incredible when I look back on it now. Um, pretty amazing experience. And uh, they don't pay you very much because a lot of people like, you know, want to do those jobs. Uh, but it was a great way to start off my career and um, gave me a lot of confidence going forward um, to do lots of interesting things after that. That's awesome. I, I love in your book how you contrast that story with a story from your childhood, and you talk about your dad in the front of your book. I was wondering if you could share that story with us and that experience and part of what got you motivated to be thinking about a person who values networking. Sure, yeah. So um, my dad had kind of an unusual uh, profession growing up. My dad was a TV news reporter. Um, he did like movie reviews and entertainment reviews. And, you know, there aren't a lot of local TV news critics anymore. That's pretty much what he was. Uh, but back then, there were basically three in any city. You know, there was the, the three networks and each had local news anchors and they had a, a TV critic. And the TV news business is a very fickle business. So they'd get new news, news uh, directors from time to time and they'd kind of clear house. And that mean my dad would be out of a job and we'd have to get a new one somewhere. And so we multiple times during my uh, childhood growing up, he lost his job and um, it, it meant we had to move. And it often meant we had to move 3000 miles away. We, we moved from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles to Massachusetts, back to Los Angeles every couple of years. Oh, wow. And, and my dad was actually an Air Force brat. So to him, it, it wasn't that big a deal. Every three years is not as bad as every year. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it taught me the, that it really, you know, when I was, when my dad was losing his job, it, I just like desperately wanted him to just go out and get a job because we had to, you know, cut back and it was very painful for our family. But um, it was very difficult because he, he couldn't just get any job. And so um, as a result of that, I think I, I realized at a young age the importance of developing relationships and nurturing relationships with people and having a really strong network so that you don't have to worry as much um, when it comes to uh, a career or a business because um, those relationships really are incredibly important when it comes to career and business. So that's kind of how I came about to learning the importance of developing relationships. You mentioned in the book that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Tell me more about that. Yeah, that's a Jim Rohn uh, quote. Um, and I love that quote because, you know, if you really think about it, if, if everyone who's listening to this thinks about it right now, um, we all have goals, we all have dreams, we have places we want to go with our career or with our business. And oftentimes we have this personal network around us, people we spend time with, people who we nurture relationships with, who aren't really going to help us on that journey. And it's really kind of a, a wasted opportunity or, or a waste of time if you have a network like that. I mean, I compare it to sometimes it's like taking the phone book, turning it upside down, just you know, throwing a bunch of names in, down on the ground. And that's what our network looks like. Instead of actually going out there and proactively creating a network of people that we spend time with, that we nurture relationships with, who are going to help us 
in our career, help us in our business, help us to, to develop it. I give an example of um, Steve Jobs. You know, um, uh, when Steve Jobs was building Apple in the mid '70s, he didn't just you know rely on family and friends, people who weren't in the computer industry. He actually went out and nurtured relationships with people who were in the computer industry, who were computer hobbyists, who owned computer stores, uh, software engineers, those types of people who were going to help him grow Apple into the huge company that it is today. And so I think everyone ought to think about that. You know, how can I go out and surround myself with other people who are going to help me to further my career or, or move my business along? Yeah, it's really interesting how people sometimes uh, believe that just going out and meeting more people is the ticket to success. And I think what you're saying is that being intentional about, about thinking through who you want to make those connections with before you even go out there and start to make those connections is really an important thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And and we don't always know who the people are going to be. But here's a very simple thing that all your listeners can do is just start by taking out a pencil, pad of paper, and a pencil and writing down 50 people who you want to develop a conversation with. I call it a, cons- a conversations list because really you want to just continue a conversation with them. And some might be family or friends. Some might be clients or customers. Some might be people that you went to college with. Some might be people you don't even know yet, people who you'd like to meet, people who are active in your industry, CEOs, uh, heads of departments, whatever it is. But put down that list of, of 50 people and then commit yourself to developing and deepening relationships with those people. And I guarantee you, if you focus your energy in that direction, you'll be a lot more intentional and you'll find a lot more success than just continuing to do the type of networking that most of us do, which is really kind of random and haphazard. It's a lot better to be intentional about um, what it is you're doing. And I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but it's not about going out there and and being selfish and, and thinking, you know, what can I get from all these people? Because what I advocate, what Tail Carnegie advocates, what you advocate, is really to go out there and to help other people, to put your, your helping hand forward first, um, but to be intentional about it and to make sure that it's the right group of people that are going to help you move in the direction you want to go. Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about your book is that you really challenge people at the beginning to have that right mindset. It's not just jumping in and doing it, but to really spend some time thinking about it. And you do challenge people kind of that first step to have that that right mindset up front. Uh, tell me more about what you mean by that and and what are the maybe some of the mindsets that get people in trouble when they're thinking about networking? Well, the main problem I see is that you know, people are thinking about how they can go into a room full of people and meet the right people that are right for them. And it's very difficult to know these things. Um, You know, usually the problem isn't really the person that you're talking to. It's really where you're going. You know, you know, people go to different events and they get get in habits of just going to the same ones week after week or month after month. And they're not asking themselves, am I really going to the right types of events so that I meet the right types of people. So I think that's a, an important step is, is thinking about um, where you're spending your time so that you're meeting the right types of people. And then when you meet them, you might not know right away whether they're going to be a good fit for you, but it's going to take time. You're going to have to nurture a relationship for a little bit, get to know someone, and then you figure out if you click or you figure out whether this is someone going to be helpful to you. And it's also largely dependent on what your goals are. I mean, for me, I'm an attorney I have a small firm and I work with mostly small business owners. Well, that's a pretty broad segment. 
Um, and so, you know, a lot of people I talk to might have a family or friend or something like that who, who might need my services. And so there's a, a broad segment. But on the other hand, if you're something very specific, um, then, you know, you, you might be able to figure out quicker if you're talking to someone whether they're going to be really the type of person that you want to devote the time and energy to nurturing a relationship with. So it's, it's really largely dependent on what your goals are with your career or your business. Yeah, I really value what you're saying, John, and I, I've run into this a lot, and I've made this mistake too in my own career. And, and I think particularly in my industry, a lot of people do training and coaching. They'll kind of go out and try to build networks and, and find clients, and they'll often like go join coaching organizations or training organizations, and they'll go talk to people who are trying to do the same thing they are, and they're not really thinking about the people they really want to meet don't go to those events. And so um, right. I, I really like that way you look at it, thinking like, who is it that you want to meet first? And think about where do those people go? And it may be in, in like an industry event for your clients, for example. Like that, yep. that would be maybe a better place to utilize your time and resources. Yeah, and there, you know, there's value to networking with people who are in the same position as you're in. I mean, I go to uh, bar association events where there are a bunch of other attorneys because they might have some matter that isn't in their, you know, area of expertise. And so they'll refer it over to me. But it's absolutely true that people should spend more time focusing on meeting the the types of people that really is up their alley, um, the, the kind of expertise that they want. You're a lot better off being in a room full of that target audience where you're the only one in your area. Like say you're a, let's say you're a video producer, like a, um, you want to produce uh, informational videos for business owners. Well, you don't want to go out to networking events with a bunch of other video producers and directors. You want to go to an event with a bunch of people who might be interested in actually purchasing your services. That would be a lot better use of your time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've uh, mentioned this a couple of times already, John, the, the going to events and connecting with people in person. And, you know, you and I haven't met, for example, in person. We're we're talking, you know, we're or 500 miles away and uh, connected by Skype. And yet you've, you've said, you know, getting in front of people is important. You say this in the book of, you know, you're a big believer in in-person networking events, even in, with all the technology we've got. And I know this scares a lot of people and they don't know how to approach them. It, they're scary to me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, so I'm wondering, why is the in-person important and how do we make that work for us, for those of us who are a little more scared of that kind of environment? Great question. So... Um, why is it important? You know, I, it's, I think that so often it's very easy to get lost in the social media world that we live in these days and to get um, caught up in our day-to-day lives. And we all, you know, everyone leaves busy lives, lives these, day, these days. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk. Um, and so it's very easy to get caught up in that and, for, and to forget the importance of, of building a relationship face-to-face and there's just really nothing that can replace the um, the benefit of having met someone face to face and gotten to know them maybe over a meal or over a cup of coffee. Um, it's just really tremendous. I mean, if you if you met someone at a cocktail party or mixer or something like that, and you've gotten to know them a little bit, and then maybe afterwards you follow up with an email, and then at some point down the line, either right away if you feel comfortable, or later you say, "Hey, let's meet up for." coffee or lunch or something like that, then you get to deepen that relationship. It's, it's really a lot harder starting with a, a virtual relationship to jump 
forward in that way mm. unless you have something in common like industry events or groups that you both belong to that you can meet up at. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I actually think it's a great thing to do. And I have met people over things like Twitter uh, or, you know, through frequently someone's frequenting someone's blog and reading about them and then eventually met them face to face. But it really doesn't substitute for that um, uh, meeting someone face to face and then deepening that relationship. But you, you asked the question of um, if people are scared what they can do about it. Um, I think that, well, Dale Carnegie definitely in his book had some great advice and it was asking questions about people that you're talking to. Having a lot of interest in the person that you're speaking with will go a long way. You know, people who tell me that they're shy, or introverted, that they, you know, have difficulty um, making conversation with people. You don't really have to be a masterful conversationalist. And there's some great examples in how to win friends and and influence people of people who went out there and just asked question after question and asked about family members. And, you know, just elicited a lot of conversation back. And then afterwards, the person who did all the talking might have said to a, a third party, you know, so-and-so who I was just talking to was a great conversationalist. Well, that person actually didn't ask any, didn't, didn't really make any conversation. All they did was ask questions. But the thing yeah. is, people are so good and they so enjoy the opportunity to talk about themselves, talk about their family, talk about what they're involved in, that you don't need to be a brilliant conversationalist in order to make a connection with someone. So I think that's the best thing you can do. If it scares you to go out there and meet people face to face, just take an interest in people that you're talking to and just ask questions about their life. And you don't need to be a great conversationalist. Yeah. And actually, a lot of time, it's better if you're not, <laughs> you know, if you really yeah. do take the time to lead with just asking questions and finding out a person. I, I love just being curious when I go to an event like that. That's the one thing that kind of gets me in, you know, gets over my confidence uh, challenges that I have with it. It's like, I'm just going to go be like Curious George and just see what, <laughs> where people's stories came from and how they ended up here and, you know, what, what kind of work that they do. And, and if I, I know when I approach it from that standpoint, uh, it's just, it's just so much more fun. It really is, yeah. And I'm naturally a, a curious person, so I love hearing people's stories and I love talking to people and asking questions. But if you're not good at that, then it's something that you ought to nurture because it's a great skill to have. It's just a great way to get to know people. You learn things about them, about their family. And that's actually another thing is I think that, you know, you go to a lot of formal networking events and and people tend to talk about the industry-specific topics that people talk about. I, you know, it's so much better if you can break through that and get into talking with someone about something they're really passionate about, asking them about their family within context. I mean, you want to be careful to bring it up. You don't want to be a weirdo who just brings it out of, out of context. Yeah. But if you, if you bring it up and you can start asking them questions, the best and the most meaningful relationships that I've had are where I get past the, you know, normal talk that everyone talks about industry specific type of stuff and then get into finding out, oh, you know, your daughter's applying to college next year. Oh, that's really interesting. Where is she applying? What is she looking at? Oh, she, you know, she's, look, she's looking to apply in Massachusetts. Well, I used to live in Massachusetts. Let's talk about Massachusetts. And then you have this conversation. And, and um, no matter high a level, a level that people have risen to, uh, you know, they could be titans of industry. People always have passion for um, their individual family members and their hobbies 
And if you, you know, I've had the most normal conversations with governors and senators and presidents about just completely normal things. And it works all the way up, all the way down. Doesn't matter what strata of life you're in. If you just have a normal conversation with someone and you bond with them over their family or a hobby, it's a lot better way to get to know them. I, I just uh, back up what you're saying 100%, John, because when we teach in the, like, been a Dale Carnegie course instructor for years, and you mentioned Dale Carnegie a few times, we teach a process in the, like that first part of the class of how to introduce yourself to someone. And it's always, you know, the vast majority of it is the personal and making those personal connections. And it's, isn't it amazing? Like as soon as you find something in common with someone or you find out like they grew up near the same place or someone's looking at a college where you live, like all of a sudden then it's not work anymore. It's just fun. And you get to have this great conversation and it's not, it's not hard anymore. Oh yeah. I love that. You know, I, I, that's the best when you can have a breakthrough, especially if you're a little nervous talking to the person, let's say that this is someone who's really successful or someone who, you know, it would be valuable to you to have a good relationship with this person. You know, maybe they'll become a customer of yours one day, or, or maybe they have the potential to refer a lot of business to you or offer you a job or something like that. You know, those are the, the types of conversations that can be very difficult to have. But if you can break through, as you said, and if you find out that you have something in common that's a, not of a work nature, it, it can become a very normal conversation. Um, you know, I mean, just a quick little anecdote. My last, uh, when I was leave, leaving the White House, um, one of the things they do for former employees that's kind of cool is they invite you down to the Oval Office to watch the president record the old the radio address that um, presidents have done for, you know, 100 years or so. And so there's this group of family and friends and employees who are departing all gathered in the Oval Office, like 100 people or something. And I'd gotten a tip from a friend who worked in um, close to the president who said that he was a big, uh, President Clinton was a big fan of Westerns, old Westerns. Oh, and interesting. He just, sorry? Interesting. Yeah. And so he had, um, and he'd just gotten a DVD player, not that recently. We're talking, this is back in 2000. And um, so he's building up his DVD collection. So we planned in advance to bring with us copies of a couple of uh, Westerns that I had, through a source, uh, had been told that he didn't have copies of these Westerns. So we wrapped them. We just put a bow around it so he didn't have to unwrap it. And then we brought that up and we handed it to him when we got up there. As a result, instead of, it was like a photo line and usually everyone got like 30 seconds, big, quick question, you know, big picture, quick picture, and then go off. Instead, we had a couple of minutes and a really nice conversation. My dad and it was there. He ended up having most of the conversation because he was a former movie critic. Oh, so wow. they talked about all these old westerns and everything. It was just the most normal conversation ever. Only it was in the Oval Office with the leader of the free world. Yeah. So um, you know, it's it's great to do things like that if you can just break down the barriers and have a normal conversation. If you know, if if the leader of the free world can have a conversation in the Oval Office about westerns then you can certainly do it at some kind of networking uh, mixer about whatever it is, you know, you're passionate about. And that's awesome that your dad was there too. And like that whole story from your childhood kind of comes full circle and that, that ends up being like a really cool moment, you know? I'll have to put that in the second edition of the book. I had, you know, I, I don't tell that story very often. I don't think I've ever told it on a podcast actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you know, um, John, in my experience, a lot of like the smartest people build a network before they need it. So how, how can we, you know, those, you know, most of the people who listen to this show and are in this community, I mean, our, our people are really thinking intentional about their, their influence in the world, their development. 
what's the best way to design a sustainable system for growing our network as opposed to just thinking about it, you know, when we need a job or something like that? Wow, that's a that's a great question. How's um, that? That's like a four hour answer, right? I know there, sustainable. <laughs> it was the sustainable part that that really uh, caught me there. Yeah, sorry, I have a way of being like yeah, that. If well, download my book. That would be the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Smartbusinessrevolution.com. <laughs> okay, well, we're done. You know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, well, it, it starts with. I mean, have you ever gotten an email from someone? that you haven't heard from in, in months or years and they, you know, suddenly they email you out of the blue and it's, oh, hey, um, I just got laid off. How you doing? Uh, can we meet for coffee? Yep. You know, my heart goes out to people getting laid off, but I also kind of feel like, well, where you been all this time? You know, I mean, here yeah. you are coming around. You want me to spend an hour out of my day to go down and do what I can to help you, but you, you haven't done anything for me for the longest time. You know, and, and you just don't ever want to be in that position. And, you know, another story I, I included in the book was <clears throat> a story about, excuse me, a, um, a business broker who I know who called and sent me an email. This was a while ago um, saying he was calling and emailing just to see if there were any of my clients who needed his services as a business broker. Mm. It was basically him just calling to see if I could refer any clients to him. Yeah. I hadn't heard from the guy in about a year or so. I get messages like that too. Yeah, and you know, and it would have been so much easier for him to just call for some other excuse, you know, to offer something as even if it was kind of a slightly veiled excuse for contacting me, it just would have made me feel so much better about it. And then I contrast that story to another person, a lawyer in in my community here who right around the same time contacted me and said um, he was contacting me because he had um, been working or he'd been uh, down at a, this little entrepreneurship center that had started recently and they were interested in having someone speak on a topic but he didn't feel comfortable talking about it so he wanted to know if the two of us could team up if he could recommend me and we could speak together and that was so much more powerful because it was like hey that's something that I'm really interested in it was so nice of him and then of course he got around to talking about the real excuse that he'd called, which was he's actually running for city council and he wanted to invite me to his campaign launch party, which was, I'm sure, the main reason he was he was calling, but he didn't start off with that, which would have been a lot more, it would have made me feel a lot more like he was uh, using me. So I think to, to answer your question about building a sustainable network, it starts with providing value to other people and helping people and developing and nurturing relationships with people long before, as you said, long before it comes time to ask someone for something. And then when it does come time that you need to ask someone for something, you want to ask them for a favor or something, they don't feel like they're being used. That's mm. what you don't want is you don't want them to feel like they're being used and that you're just there to get something out of them because that's the, you know, that's really the worst feeling to have to put people in. And then they just don't feel like helping you. Yeah, great, great stuff. And and you know, we were joking about downloading the book, but in seriousness, I mean, there's so much great content here. So I really encourage people to go check that out. And you know, John, there's we can't have a conversation about networking these days without saying something about social media. And um, you know, we've talked about that a little bit on the show. We've talked about Google Plus before and LinkedIn. You know, I, I still hear a lot of people making comments like, "Well, you know, things like Twitter are worthless. I don't care what you had for breakfast." Um, why is social media valuable and it, at the same time how do we keep it from like taking over our lives and surfing 
Facebook all day long too. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a real problem. Honestly, is that the the time consuming nature of it, and it's getting to the point where we have more and more platforms, and it's hard to keep up with them. And you know, I mean, Instagram is one that's that I noticed that some of my friends who are friends with on Facebook were up active on Instagram. So then I started checking that out, and it just takes more and more time. Uh, you know the. I think it, the reason I started off the book with the mindset piece with that issue is because I think this relates both to face-to-face -face networking and it relates to social media. And it's about coming out into the world and, and offering what you can offer and helping other people first and not thinking about telling other people what you had for breakfast, but helping other people. So the, the general advice that I give people about social media is you can, you can spend 15 minutes a day, that's it, on social media, be it LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or whatever your choice is. But if you're a lot more engaging and active and you engage with people, it's going to be a lot more effective over time than spending 45 minutes and not engaging. And here's the analogy I give for it. You know, imagine someone goes to a cocktail party. They go to this cocktail party. They show up. They walk around. They're circling the room. They get a drink. They haven't talked to anyone yet. They're circling the room. They spend a half an hour doing that, circling the room. Everyone else in the cocktail party who's talking to one another is maybe looking at this person thinking, who's that guy? Who is that? You know, and then they just leave, okay? That's what people do on social media, especially on Facebook. They'll spend a half an hour going through everyone's vacation photos, looking at different things, but they don't engage. They don't comment. They don't like things. They don't send messages. Rather than doing that, what's a lot more effective strategy is to engage with people. You know, if someone posts a picture from their vacation, they're doing it because they want to get engagement, because they're sitting at a job they might be bored at, and they want to engage with some of their family and friends that they aren't getting where they are. And you know that feeling when you post something on Facebook and no one comments on it? It feels pretty crappy, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you spend some time on Facebook, just do it a lot more actively and engaging. And it goes the same for LinkedIn and Twitter and any social media platform that you're involved on. Um, and, and another big one, this is another one that I like to look out for, is anyone who's looking for help. If they're reaching out for help and asking a question, recommendation, anything like that, that's a huge opportunity. And sometimes I will go out of my way. I'll see someone ask a question, especially if it's someone I want to develop a relationship with, and I'll go do a little bit of research and then I'll come back and, and respond right there on that platform or I'll send them an email directly. And imagine the impression that that makes. It really yeah. makes a tremendous impression. And so that's really where the opportunity lies. It's not in trading what you had for breakfast. The opportunity is listening, engaging, and then following through on that. You know, the engagement is so key. It's so easy to be passive on stuff like that, especially with the online things. And I know just this past year, I've challenged myself, John, with like Twitter has this little button you can hit to favorite people's tweets. And I just, just decided one day, I don't know, I'm like, why am I like being stingy with this? Like every time I see a tweet that I like, I should just favorite it. And I do it like I, you know, you don't pay anything for them. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, you know, I start doing it. And it's amazing, like how much more engaged um, I am with the people that I follow and vice versa. And it's just that one little thing of like people knowing you're there, knowing you're just not even saying anything, but just, just acknowledging people's presence is it's incredible how much of a difference that makes. And, and, you know, we all like, to your point, we all want that when we post something or we share something online. And if we can be the people that then 
give that in return, we we really do separate ourselves as as people who not only are caring, but also really appear caring in a genuine way. Yeah, it's so funny you mentioned that little the favor button on Twitter because I didn't do that for a long time. I still don't do it very much. Um, yeah, I just didn't really know what the point of it was. You know, I'll retweet things frequently. Yeah. Um, but I really should get in more of the habit of it. But it's really kind of it's like the like button on on Facebook, um, which I've I've forced myself to become a lot less stingy with that um, and just like things frequently. And you know, some people worry about. They worry about every different thing when it comes to social media. You know, they worry <laughs> yeah. that their other friends are going to see that they're liking something or they worry that their other friends are going to read their comments. Well, who cares? I mean, just be if you starts with if it starts with you just being yourself and acting and behaving in the way that you would if you were surrounded by a group of your friends and you were talking to one of them one on one, but the other ones were standing nearby and they could be listening, you know, they could have one ear open to what it is you're saying. If you just behave in that manner, then there's nothing wrong with being active and engaging with other people on social media. Awesome. I love it. Hey, I know you're expecting a little one in February, as are we, and you have a little one at home already. I'm curious with all you've done in your career and the successes you've had, how has being a dad changed your perspective on some of this stuff and networking and building relationships with people? You know, that's that's a great question and one I've never been asked before. Um, I think number one for me, it's wanting to hone in on what is most effective because you don't want to waste your time when you're at work. You know, you it really, you know, a friend of mine just had a baby a, about six weeks ago now, a good friend of mine, and um, he was a real workaholic before. And I told him, when the baby comes, you're going to want to come home at the end of the day. You're not going to want to work late. And he's starting to experience that now. And so yeah. I, I've been experiencing that. I'm sure you have for the last couple of years. It just makes you want to come home and go play with your kid. But the the other thing that's happening more and more as I get older is I want to set a good example for my son. That's really important to me is setting a good example and living a life that's intentional and that is in line with my values and, and, you know, really walking the walk rather than just talking the talk. And so part of the reason that you and I talked about this offline before we started the, the interview, part of the reason that I've started talking with people about uh, networking, even though my day job is being a lawyer, is because I got great feedback from people. People would say to me, um, you know, you're really good at that. You know, you should, I want to know more about it. Will you tell me more about it? And you know, at first it it I, it worried me because I didn't want to mix messages, and I definitely got some weird feedback from other attorneys who'd said, "What are you doing? Why are you doing? Why are you talking about networking when you're a lawyer?" You know, and I just put that aside, and I said, "You know, it provides value to people out in the world, and it sets a good example for my son. I'm living the life that I would like to live. I'm putting value out into the world, which I would like him to do one day." And therefore, I'll continue doing it. And so that really, you know, becoming a parent and having a second one on, on the way, which you and I are just totally excited about that, you know, that's, that's really how it's affected me. Awesome. So people have got to get your book if they're interested in what they've heard today. And this has been valuable to you because there's a whole bunch more in here. I mean, we just don't have the time to cover everything. I wish we, wish we did. So um, John, tell us the best way for folks to get the book and get connected with you if they'd like. Oh, thank you so much, David. This is really a pleasure. You ask such intelligent questions. I really enjoy talking with you. Um, so uh, you know what I'll do after I'm done here is I'll just set up a, a little welcome page for all your listeners 
So if they want to go to, we'll call it smartbusinessrevolution.com slash coaching for leaders. Um, and maybe you can throw that up in the show notes if you like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and I'll just set up a page there and then they can just go to that page and, and uh, download my ebook. And I'd love it if more people read it. We've already been getting a tremendous um, uh, result, a lot of people downloading it and getting good feedback and people emailing me and saying that they really uh, appreciate it. And so, you know, I mean, the part of the reason that I find this really valuable is I, I, th- I find that if more people will approach networking, building a personal network, whatever you want to call it, if they'll approach it with an attitude of, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to just spread my value in the world. I'm going to see how I can help other people in any possible way, whether it's related to my career, whether it's a restaurant recommendation, whether it's helping someone's kid decide on how, you know, what college they want to go to, whatever it is. If more people go out there and have that attitude and approach networking with that uh, philosophy, then the world will be a better place. And so that's really why I'm passionate about talking about this now. Hey, that's awesome. Thanks so much for setting up that page as a resource for folks. I'll definitely include that on the show notes. So definitely check those out. And I hope you connect with John because as you uh, can tell, he's got some great stuff going on. John, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here and taking time out of your schedule to uh, be a be a value to us. And thanks for being part of the Coaching for Leaders community. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled you're a member and uh, have joined us. My pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much. John Kokorin is the author of How to Create Your Personal Networking Plan. You can check it out at the link at the show notes. The thing I like about John is in addition to his knowledge, he really practices what he preaches. Uh, Case in point, after we got done recording this interview, we were just talking about uh, the interview and talking about podcasting in general, and it it just came up randomly in the conversation as I was asking him about you know maybe doing some podcasting, and he said, "Oh, actually, I have a podcast." I was like, "Wow, I didn't." I felt bad because I didn't find that out in advance. Uh, shame on me. Uh, but the re- one of the reasons I didn't is because John's just great when you get on get in a conversation with him about turning the conversation back and asking you about you and what you're interested in and uh, didn't even get to that in the conversation. So um, I'm sorry we didn't mention that in the interview, but I did want to mention that in addition to the downloadable book, he's got a podcast as well called The Smart Business Revolution, and he helps entrepreneurs learn how to use some of the political strategies he's developed over time to grow their business. So if that's something that's of interest to you, you can check out his show, Smart Business Revolution. Uh, But the thing to check out for sure is the download for how to create your personal networking plan. And that's at smartbusinessrevolution.com slash coaching for leaders, as he mentioned. So be sure to check that out. And you know, we'd both love to hear from you if this conversation was of value to you. And so the best way to do that is to go on to the show notes for this episode. It's at coachingforleaders.com slash 106. And that's for episode 106 here. It'll get you to the show notes. Uh, The links that we talked about on the show will be there. Most importantly, though, at the bottom of that page is the comment section. And that's a great place for you to join the conversation. Uh, Let me know. Let John know what was of value to you and also to be able to see what other people are saying, too. And, of course, you can always call in feedback, too. The listener hotline is 949 Three eight learn and my email address is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Uh, that's a great way to connect with me. And hey, if you're listening to the show for the first time, welcome. I hope this was a value to you. This is a show that's all about the people side of being effective in leadership and 
influencing in organizations and business. And so if that's something that you care about and is important to you and your professional development, I certainly hope that you'll continue to listen and continue to come back each week. This show airs every Monday. And I want to thank especially this week a few people who joined my weekly updates this week. And so a big thank you to Seth Wexler, Gano Rehengaulu. I'm not sure I pronounced that right, Gano. I hope I got your first name right, though. Jason Bushlin, Kayleen Walker, Jesus Marco, and Brenda Lorraine Hall. Hey, thank you to all of you for subscribing to my weekly update. I do email one update each week that will give you a booster shot between shows on how to lead better by giving you some good advice, I hope, hopefully some great advice on how to improve your communications, your human relations, your personal productivity, everything that comes in with the people side of doing this well. That's exactly what I'm about helping you out with each week. And hey, if you'd like to get that in your inbox, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus you'll get instant access to my video overview and downloadable guide on 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others. So again, that's coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Hey, have a great week. I always enjoy hearing from folks. Comments, questions, feedback, put it on the website or email me. Have a great week and I'll see you for episode 107. Take care.